Welcome back, listeners. Thanks for joining us today on Old Millennials Remember Movies. I'm Angela Yoshiko. Well, Tyler, we should get some uh, theme music going. Boom, boom, chicka, chicka, boom, something like that. I don't know. Also, it, okay, there's like, what, maybe one listener out there? Maybe. I'm thinking two. Two, yeah. So to the two of you out there, hello. Thank Thanks you. for coming back. We're working on the audio, okay? So, you know, if you hear listen to something that's like maybe not the best audio, like be cool, or maybe, hey, email us, give us a suggestion. We're working on it. We're trying to yeah. perfect our situation. We're trying to upload it, make sure we can get it on the website cleanly and not without... Taking it down, yeah, whatever. There's lots of technical stuff. It's true. So people have been podcasting for a long time, but uh-huh. we are babies in the world of podcasting. We have a few old podcasts out there, but this one we are dedicated to seeing through on the long run. Some of the podcasts we've done in the past um, include some ones about movies. Tyler <laughs> has one on the website about Tur Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, Tyler has another old one called The Jonah Show with his old friend Jonah Anderson. We did that one up. I did the, there was a bit, we did a professional one, real professional looking. There's a whole season of those over on another website, but, uh, yeah, we might, we had professional audio people on that, so. Yes, professional. Ran out of time. Couldn't, couldn't, love, love those people, but yeah, we just, we can't, uh, we need to work at like 11 o'clock at night with our children. We do. It's currently. 10.15, 10.15, this is an early night for us. Yeah. So. All four small little children are in bed. Knock on wood. For now. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, no, um, you already warned me that you're feeling a little off, so this should be fun. <laughs> yep. That was my third take on introing the podcast. Yeah, good pretty for me. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, I mean, it wasn't good, but it was better than the first two. It's definitely. So today we're actually here to talk about um, a sweet 1994 movie called Little Big League. Yes. And as always, before we jump into that. What have you been watching recently? Well, I, before I, we went down to the, uh, the studio to record this episode, I uh, had just finished the first, is a preview episode of Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, if you could see from our website, obviously, we're big Ninja Turtle fans around here. So this is a new Nickelodeon show that uh, it, it sparked some controversy with fans, being that it's so radically different than uh, previous incarnations. This was a preview episode they debuted today, and... Uh, yeah, it's uh, something else. What'd you think of it? It's, Did you agree it, that it with what? I will agree that it's it? radically different. There's lots of things that are changed. It is definitely humor and kid focused more than uh, the last couple. I will reserve my judgment to see a little bit more. I think it's okay so far. It's not my favorite version yet. Obviously, I just I prefer the the comic rooted stuff better. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, you know what? I'm I, I'm, I keep an open mind with these things. We'll see how it goes. To those of you who are casual Ninja Turtle um, fans, yeah. you may remember the old show when we were growing up, which is pretty much what old millennials remember. Yes. And there's been a lot of reiteration since then. Yeah. Some big runs, some shorter runs, mm-hmm. lots of comic book stuff, lots of toy runs. Yeah, it's kind of something that's just endured for in various forms. There was two recent movies that weren't very good, live action ones that were out. Um yeah, you know, people remember the uh, the old cartoon. Um, I certainly watched it a ton when I was growing up. It's not really a show that I can go back and watch uh, as well now. It definitely uh, feels of its time. It doesn't have a um, eh, strong narrative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where I mean, in comparison, there's been a couple of uh, Nickelodeon, or not, not Nickelodeon, just Nickelodeon, but there's been a couple of turtle shows that have been very good, including the most recent Nickelodeon one. So it's been a little bit of an adjustment to see that one go and to have this new one get going and it's definitely 
aimed more towards kids and kind of a manic style, and they're not, uh, the personalities are very different, but hey, teach his own. We can survive and endure multiple versions of Ninja Turtles, and we'll just see how it goes. One episode, for me, is not enough to make a permanent judgment on it, but. So will you and our friend Sean be talking about this new series on your Ninja Turtle Yeah, at some point, soon, we will be kind of repurposing that and pushing it forward and getting more episodes out of that, so. Cool. Go to our website, oldmillennialsremember.com. You can already find a couple of those episodes available now, but we will be uh, rebooting and pushing that forward now that we've officially kind of launched online. So, yes, stay tuned if you're a Turtle fan. Um, Let's see. Oh, and back to the movie realm, I did watch uh, a movie called Lean on Pete today. Mm This is an Amazon Studios movie. It is. It was in theaters earlier in the spring, and now it is um, on Amazon Prime, so Prime uh, users can stream it now. It is a story of a teenage boy and his relationship with a horse. And if that sounds like the worst thing in the world to you, then you should definitely watch it. And if it sounds like you, if you're the type of person that really likes these uh, uh, sentimental animal boy and his animal stories then uh you will be shocked by this movie because it is very unsentimental and it is very um rude and drama i would say that um people expecting like a, a kind of like a pg heartwarming thing will be i mean you realize it's r people are swearing all over the place and i mean it it you get knocked from that little idea pretty early on but it's very good it's uh it's kind of about a you know kid who's Poor, he's struggling with his his dad. They don't have much money, and so he starts working with a, a, a horse owner who you know he runs these low level races with his horses. It's played he's played by Steve Buscemi, and uh, yeah, it kind of just goes and just it's a it's a very unsentimental. It's a very sad movie. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, uh, bad things that happen, but it's it's really well done. The, the performances are really good. I liked it because I'm not a big fan of these. Uh, you know, other than the ones we grew up with, it, it's not a genre that I would necessarily like uh, lean into, like animal heartwarming stories, whatever. This uh, this treats the horse. It's a horse. It doesn't really um, personify the horse in any way, other than it being a horse and it's a relationship he has. But it doesn't like romanticize uh, a relationship. You know, like it's not putting something in there. That is that isn't like a real thing, you know what I mean? Like it's a horse behaving like a horse. It's not like this horse cares about the kid. I was like, well, no, he's a horse. <laughs> like you know, he might care about him, but he's not like looking at him lovingly and like nudging him when he's crying and things of this nature. It's uh, it's more rooted in reality, and I I appreciated it. I think it's very good. But uh, to our horse loving listeners out there, I would not watch it if you're a horse lover. <laughs> don't watch it is what I'm hearing from Tyler. Yeah, and also. Um, being in reality, there are obviously horses out there and humans that have super good connections sure. and really good bonds. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. that this is not a movie about that kind of relationship. Yeah. And it's not showing you the animal in any way that's not, uh, real. You know what I mean? I, it, it, movies can tend to... Glamorized. Gl- glamorized would be a good okay. word of like just making a, a, a horse behave more human-like. And sure, horses can be great, uh, friends and things like that, but... This is definitely just more rooted in like a relationship someone would have if you're working with a horse, and uh, yeah, you know, it also kind of touches on some of the harsh realities of uh, of horse ownership and how people kind of use these animals in these races, and 
it's it's very good. I I think it's a, an excellent piece of drama. But um, yeah, if you're a horse lover and you're expecting a kind of movie that glore, you know glamorizes that, then probably not for you. And it's sad. I'm gonna put that out there. It's pretty much sad from the beginning. So cool, great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Where can people watch it? It's on Amazon Prime currently. It's very good. I think okay. it's a uh, it's definitely a strong candidate for end of year, end of the year um, consideration, especially the. The lead actor Charlie Plummer is very good, um, young youngish actor. I see that it's set in the Pacific Northwest in Portland, Oregon. Are there yeah, any... and it's in around in and around uh, kind of our stomping ground. Yeah, it's definitely if you're familiar with uh, Oregon and Washington and Idaho, you will kind of understand and know this uh, the rural aspects of it. It's not really set in like the city or anything like that, but cool. yeah, it definitely has that vibe to it. And it's very tr- it, it does a very it's a very accurate depiction, and it's it feels very lived in it, it, it it's genuine it, it's it's a nice piece of uh of work so yeah i would recommend it i would just say so you heard that from tyler lean on pete rated r oh yeah <laughs> um available on amazon prime streaming on prime is probably recommended unless you're a horse lover <laughs> which then you <laughs> well, might just be irritated by it i think you just it's not i'm just trying to warn people that it's not sure. like this heartwarming thing sure. it's a it's a it's a tough movie about people who are really struggling so which as i'm looking at the artwork and i'm seeing a boy and his horse you kind of make assumptions about what that movie is going to be about exactly even when i heard about it and i heard it was really good it was just like this like do i really want to watch this movie because yeah. i don't usually respond to things yeah. like this um but this was yeah this just it, it it there's some there's some pretty heavy moments but i think it earns all of its emotional beats um i definitely yeah i would recommend it just you know you're warned <laughs> excellent I haven't been really watching anything. We've gone on vacation. I don't have any current TV shows I'm into. We watched half of the movie Bolt tonight. The kids. With the kids. don't remember hardly anything about that. I saw it once and not much of it was coming back when we were watching it with them. But hey, it's fine. It's a fine movie. It's cute. Alec has like a girly character. It's Miley Cyrus. Is it? Yeah. I guess now that you kind say that. Kind of just that. at the tail end of her Disney age or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. John Travolta's the dog. Yeah. John Travolta. I He's knew not, that voice was familiar. It's familiar, but it's a little bit off, so it's kind of... I mean, I could see people just being like, oh. I mean, right on the cover it says John Travolta, so I'm not trying to fool anybody, but... Yeah. But, yeah. We were really hoping to get out this week and go see the... Rock movie? Oh, yeah. Skyscraper. We were going to go to that, but the reviews aren't very good, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, What are you going to do? Yeah, I haven't been to a movie by myself in a few days, so yeah, <laughs> time to well, get one on the calendar. That's all right. We can just go into the movie you did see, which was Little Big League. Little Big League. Oh, Tyler has been insisting on watching this for way longer than... Before there was a podcast. Before I'm there was like, a let's podcast. Watch, let's watch Little Big League. And to the point where now I'm like... I almost wish that we had, like, saved it for, like, later on when we're, like, really good at this podcast. I am really good at this podcasting. Because then this is going to be, like, one of those early ones where, like, don't listen to those early episodes, but then people won't listen to the Little Big League Why would episode. we tell people not to listen? Those are the fun ones when people are getting started. I know. I just... Okay, uh... so let's get to it. Little Big League came out in 1994. Yeah. Warning... If you don't like baseball or love baseball, you may not enjoy the commentary we're about to provide about this movie. It's going to be a lot of baseball talk. Well, okay. That's why I love it. And we'll, okay, we'll we'll start with why I picked it and why I like it and all that. But essentially, it's a movie about a kid who inherits the baseball team, the Minnesota Twins, Major League Baseball team. Not only does he inherit the baseball team as an owner, at some point, a little into the movie, he decides he's going to manage the team. 
that sounds like a fantasiful movie in the in the vein of Rookie of the Year, which featured the kid who played actually played on the team for uh, the Chicago Cubs. But it is not really that movie. It's a kids movie, but it's not. It's definitely more rooted in reality. I know that sounds weird to have a kid managing a baseball team, but it is more rooted in like what baseball is and the mechanics of it. And right off the bat, obviously, I was uh, excited about this movie back way back in the day because I grew up a Minnesota Twins fan. Um, you heard it here. Tyler Wilson is a huge Minnesota Twins fan. I'm probably the biggest Minnesota Twins fan in the Northwest. Well, well that's probably not true. But that's I like probably to, not true. I like to say that I am. But, um, but yeah, Why you know. Why are you such a big fan if well, you're I in used the Northwest? To, so I used to grow up, you know, when I would go to Wisconsin, Minnesota for the summers when I was a kid, and my... Uh, grandparents were huge Minnesota Twins fans and we would go to at least a game every time we went out there. We'd go to the Metrodome, which was the stadium that they had before the new stadium was built a few years ago. It's been since been destroyed. This movie is a relic of that building. Um so I heard you shout out several times it's during piece, the movie. It's a piece of history. Uh, Literally, that's what he said like five times while we were watching it's a piece this of history. Movie. I mean, it's not a particularly good baseball stadium, but it is a piece of history. <laughs> Um, so this, you know, this was right in that prime. I love the Twins. I, you know, they had won the World Series in 1991, so obviously there was a lot of fever still kind of lingering from that in our family. Um, they hadn't been particularly good after that, and they, the 1994 season, this movie came out in 94, that was actually the season that baseball went on strike, and there was no season for much of it, there was no World Series. So, um, this was exciting for me. I was, I couldn't wait to, uh, see this movie. And, yeah, I loved it. It has so many Minnesota things about it. And it has things that are recognizable to me in my childhood. And I loved it then. And guess what? I still love it. I think it is better than The Sandlot, better than Rookie of the Year, better than Angels in the Outfield, better than all those kid movies about baseball in the 90s. This is the one that's the best, and nobody saw this one. It's frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) What? You're very passionate about this movie. It's great. I think you definitely probably started some fights just now um, saying that it's better than Sandlot. I know. I know. Look, the Sandlot's the one that everybody loves, and that's great. We'll probably do an episode on it at some point. But this, I say it's the best one because it's the one that did, nobody saw. This was a kind of a box office dud. And I get why, because it's definitely not. It's a kid movie, but it's not in. It's not as, you know outlandish and, and slapsticky or big in the humor department as some of those other movies. And so I can see younger kids just not responding to it. But as a fan of baseball, growing up watching that team and and just enjoying the game in general, that's why I love it. Because this movie's rooted in like what makes baseball great. And those other movies are, they, they care about baseball, but they're more in the mood of entertaining kids, I guess. And that's a good thing, but I like this one better. This one is rated PG. Yeah. It clocks in at one hour and 59 minutes. Oh, it's also longer, too. That's the other thing. Like, it definitely is. Uh, takes its time. It came out June 29th or July 1st, um, 1994. Or? <laughs> two different dates on two different resources here. Oh, neat. Oh, neat. Um, it <laughs> stars the main kid in it. His name is Luke Edwards. Luke Edwards. He plays Billy Haywood. Billy Haywood. We're going to be talking a lot about Billy Haywood today. Yeah. Love Billy Haywood. Mm-hmm. Some other main kid. characters include Timothy Busfield, whose favorite role of mine is, and maybe yours is of, um, what's his name? And West Wing. He was a reporter that yeah. was always uh, wooing uh, CJ Craig and popped. He was never a regular, but he popped up quite a bit, especially in the early run, and then returned at the end. And yeah, he's great in it. He's 
great in most things, but Timothy Busfield, definitely a West Wing favorite. So they're kind of the two main... Adult characters, I suppose. There's Kevin Dunn, who's the general manager of the baseball team. And mm-hmm. then this movie has a stealth... I mean, it's got the great Jason Robards in about uh, oh, 15 minutes or so. He plays the grandfather uh, of Billy Haywood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jason Robards is a legendary actor, and he... Uh, does some interesting things in this movie, and then qu- quietly leaves because he dies and gives the team to Billy Haywood, his grandson, and uh, yeah. So you get a little bit of Jason Robards. He kind of brings some clout to the movie, and then then he yeah, it's the, then it's the kid movie about uh, Kid Owen and the twins. So yeah, no, it's got some good people in it. Dennis Freen is in there as a manager for a few minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it was directed by Andrew Scheinman. Okay, what did he make? He is known for A Few Good Men, Stand by Me. When Harry Met Sally. Wait, did he didn't direct those? Produced. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was just waiting for the website to load here. Let's see what he's directed. He's produced a ton. Clearly oh, that was not a He has one. one credit for director. And a little big league. Yeah. Yeah, well, good for him. He picked a good one. <laughs> wow. I, I bet he's a Twins fan, Tyler. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he's a Twins fan. Let's see who wrote this. You always wonder about, like, how they come up with... Is it, like, the team that, uh... That just kind of agrees to the like to the script, and then that's who they go with. Because you know, why is Major League Cleveland Indians? I mean, people probably have the answer to that. I don't. But okay, let's see if you recognize these names. It was written by um, Gregory Pincus. Okay. It says story and then screenplay Gregory Pink- Pincus and Adam Scheinman. Okay. Who was the director? Great. So he co-wrote it. Yeah. He's definitely a Twins fan. But, I mean, that doesn't necessarily matter because it's not like there's Twins history, like real Twins history in the the movie. Like, there's other history of other ball players, of real players. That's true. But not Twins players because we're in an alternate reality where these players are the players on the Twins. That's true. So maybe not. Maybe it's just the team that happened to be available for the movie and agreed to it and agreed to have it filmed there. Who knows? It is a fabulous fantasy for a young kid. When did you see this movie first? Probably with me. I feel like my answer to this question <laughs> for all of these podcasts is going to be, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I don't remember when you see them. I don't. I just didn't lock things into my brain. That's why you're the movie guy in the relationship. Okay. And I am not. All right. Um, I don't know if I saw it growing up. I think I you probably didn't because no one did. No one did. It only grossed like $3 million on opening weekend yeah. and then $12 million total. So basically... It was a blip. No one saw it. No one saw it. So I'm pretty certain I didn't see it until I was with you. I think you made me watch it at some point in the last 15 years. Yeah. 16 years, whatever. It's a barometer for your love of me. Because mm-hmm. it's about the twins. Mm-hmm. And you've been to the Metrodome, which is where it's set in Minnesota. And so that's probably kind of uh, interesting to you. But again, Metrodome, not a great baseball stadium. The new one is so much better. So much better. Yeah. But, um. Well, what yeah. do you want to talk about with this movie? Well, I mean, let's dive into Billy Haywood, because the opening of the movie does a pretty good job of kind of giving us this character. It opens up, not a lot of, uh, our, our son, our five year old son, was very excited about when we turned this on at first, because he thought, like, oh, this is a movie about kids playing baseball. And it really isn't that. There's two scenes in the whole movie where kids are playing baseball, everything else is major leaguers. But the opening scene is that it's Billy Haywood. He's on his little league team. He is uh, either at bat or coming up to bat, and we get this scene where three little leaguers slide after a play, slide into second base. There's one on base, and there's two sliding into second base. There's three kids on second base, and the coaches run out and they don't know what to do. Like, oh, there are Jeff Garland is the opposing coach, mm-hmm. um, 
he's like, oh, they're they're all out, and or everybody's out, says the umpire, and uh, the other coach is like, no, they're all safe. Mm-hmm. So then the umpire looks over to Billy Haywood, our hero, and is like, Billy, you're the expert in baseball, tell us. And he provides the stat of, like, the same thing happened in this game. In 1920-something. Yeah, blah, and the, blah, blah. The, lead, the, the base goes to the lead runner, and the other two are out. And this is his team. He could have totally lied and said that, uh, oh, the two of them are safe or whatever. Um, now, frankly, I don't... The umpire shit. Like, number one, about, like, his decision, like, referring to Billy, Billy Haywood about of Major League rules in a Little League game, number one, they don't necessarily apply. Little League has its own rules. Not always going to be the same. Second of all, like, don't... This, the umpire should have known this. Like, not a, you can't have three people on a base. Obviously, it's just going to go to your lead run and other people are out. It shouldn't be that hard of a conundrum. Yeah, I feel like if he's ever played baseball, the ump should know that. Yeah, but it's kind of a fun gag, and it it's is. just to establish that he is an expert, and his, his mother is there uh, at the game. Jason Robards, uh, his grandfather's at the game, and this is kind of how we learn that Bill, Billy Haywood is very much the grandson of this baseball owner. He knows everything there is to know about the rules of baseball, situations, and things you're supposed to do. He has conversations with his friends, Chuck and... What's his other friend's name? Chuck and, uh... Billy Bob? Who knows? <laughs> I'm looking it up. Yeah. Chuck and Joey. And I like their... I, I like all three of these actors. They have a, a friendship that feels genuine. They're talking about random things. The movie stops to just have these conversations between them later on. They'll talk about the Batmobile going through the fast food lane and, and just kind of all these situations that kids would talk about. And that's mm-hmm. kind of a natural dynamic to it. And I like that. And the movie kind of makes time for that. And I like that performance. But, uh, but yeah, really the first part of this movie is about kind of establishing that relationship with his grandfather. You know, the twins are his, his favorite thing. And, uh, we get this, uh, weird scene where the kids are asking him whether, uh, he's rich. How rich is he? Are you richer than Jed Clampett and, uh, you know, from the Beverly Hillbillies? And I think this is a line of dialogue that will probably, should go in the Jason Robarms Hall of Fame, which is where he says, I piss on Jed Clampett. To which I say, what the fuck is that doing in a PG? But that's this movie. There's some movie. swearing in it. Dennis Green is kind of cursing up a storm as this, like, angry manager at the yes. beginning of the movie. The, the person but that's a weird thing to say, like, I piss on yeah, it that's is. That's crude. That's so freaking crude. <laughs> that's probably what my grandpa would have said, too, probably. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's weird. That was so off-putting. Yeah, you know, he. I, yeah, Dennis Friday, like, calls him, like, the goddamn baseball team at one point. I mean, PG. Mm-hmm. We're getting PG for language here, for sure. Um, yeah, so then they're supposed to go to a... He's supposed to take Billy to... See the twins play Roger Clemens. That was a big deal back in 1994 before we found out about uh, uh, cheating Roger Clemens. I don't know. There's so many cheaters Some in Some accusations of steroid use. Yeah, but there's cheaters all over the place, so it's hard to... Well, anyway. But, uh, yeah, so they're supposed to go to this game. Uh, he gets off uh, school, and Grandpa dies. And everybody's sad. But he leaves a videotape for the grandson... It's his last. He'll get one more quick Jason Robard scene, and he's giving uh, the baseball team to uh, to his kid. Skipping over the mother, by the way. Totally doesn't even di- doesn't even regard her in the movie. He's just like Billy, you're my best friend yeah. in the world. Yeah, I oh, want yeah. you to have my favorite. My thing. very favorite thing he says, which I like that uh, line. But um, but yeah, like I, now they say that there's a preview, there's a will, and this is just an addendum. So I'm yes. hoping that she got like the wealth or something. But he's getting the team. 
like the whole team and the Metrodome that's and his. the stadium. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a that's a big give. He's all like, "Fuck you, daughter, grandson. Here you go." Yes, I, I mean, so maybe he was thinking that by the time he died, he does say that. Like, if you, you don't, uh, you may be a little young. The GM here can help you. Your mom can help you. Whatever. But uh, Bill Haywood, I mean, he uh, he knows what he's doing right off the bat, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He's a kid who knows baseball, and that's mm-hmm. what his dad. That's what his grandfather says. It's like you know the game better than anybody I know. I trust you to take care of this team. It's a it's a nice mm-hmm. little uh, emotional moment. So literally, this was I don't know twenty minutes into the movie. Yeah, and I think Tyler shouted out at least let's see four or five times things of this nature. Uh-huh. Oh man, it's a relic, a piece of history right there. <laughs> um, so many comments about oh, there's the Metrodome and all its glory. That's an artifact in this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> so many comments. How many right down? I tried to keep track, but I couldn't even type fast enough. And then at one point, um, what was I going to say? I totally just lost my train of thought. I have no idea. You said um, you were off tonight. I am so off. I'll, get I'll, I'll figure it out. Off. But yeah, no. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, the kids are playing around on the. Uh, they go to the game, and it's empty, and the kids get to play on the field. They go to the. They go to the stadium. They go to the stadium. And it's empty, and they get the security guy's like, hey, what are you kids doing in here? Even though the kid, the security guy doesn't know that the kid is the owner, and they're playing. What did I say? You said, I just love this. It shows how far it is compared to Little League. Oh, so far. <laughs> okay, no. They're playing, and they're like, okay, we're going to go play third. And then uh, they're on the first baseline, so the kid is throwing the ball from third over to first base, and it's so much farther because it's major league size field, and so you know that's like it's funny because the ball just dribbled over there. I thought it was you a good little. Scene. It's a good little beat. Plus, it's just fun to be on the the field. Look, I'm the kind of guy who goes and does the stadium tours at like Target Field and Safeco Field and other like anywhere. If I'm going to go to a city, I'm going to go Giants. to a baseball game. I want to do the stadium tour, and because you get to go down into the dugout, and you get to go on kind of the side of the field, and they say like, "Don't put, don't go on the field." But I'm always the guy that's like, "I'm gonna go over there and put my feet on the field even when they're not looking," because that's just like cool to be on a baseball field when there's a big stadium full of like you know all the seats and stuff like that. So it's just cool to have a scene in there. And look, the Metrodome, <laughs> look, it was fine for what it was back in the day, but like as a baseball stadium growing up for me, especially like. We, even as a kid, we knew it was like, this is not like the ideal setting to watch a baseball game. Like, it's inside, you walk through the gates, and because it's like that dome, that, like, that paneling cloth top ceiling, it's air keeping the thing up, right? Or whatever. So you walk in the door, and like, you're getting nailed with a bunch of gusting wind. You remember that, and your hats are going everywhere. It's like, it's old, it was dingy, it was, I mean, it needed to go. I'm glad they got a new stadium, but it's, you know, here it is in this movie. It exists. They won the World Series here. Kirby Puckett hit that Game 6 home run, caught the ball. These are things that happen at the Metrodome, and we have this movie as a piece of history. I'm just saying, that's a good thing. It is a good thing for nerds like you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw games there. I would go to batting practice and watch the ball. The thing about the Metrodome, too, is that because it's that dome covering, it's white, or it turned pretty gray or dingy yeah, it's, toward the end. It's not so white at But the when end. you like would go to a game... If you weren't watch, I mean, even if you were watching the ball, you'd lose it up in that in that ceiling. You'd lose it. And I remember going out to a, a game 
before, you know, going to batting practice before a game started and being out in the outfield trying to catch balls or whatever. And it was like you were just getting hit with missiles because you'd, like, hear the crack of the bat, you'd see the ball, and it was gone. And then you'd just be like, oh, God, what's going to happen? And then they'd just come barreling into seats near you. You'd be like, <laughs> and they just get the dodge everywhere. And you're just like, oh, God, I'm going to die trying to catch this batting practice yeah. ball. Um, yeah. So, I mean, good on to the, the players for being able to see the ball in that thing. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> There goes Tyler on his other Metrodome rant. Oh my gosh, I totally distracted Tyler for a good five minutes of this movie, too. Um, after that little league game where, what's his name, Billy Hayward? Billy Haywood. Haywood. Get it right. Oh I'm just taking a nap right now. Um, grounds out and, and loses the game for the yeah. little league mm-hmm. team. He makes a comment that, like, oh, I should have worked the count. So mm-hmm. then I just make a comment just to irritate Tyler. I go, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're going to bring this yeah. up? You know who should work the count? Joe Maurer. First, first of all, it's inaccurate. Your comment is is ignorant and inaccurate because Joe Maurer almost always works a count. He always takes, like, strike one. So don't even, like, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was making a joke because he so works the count that, like, he never swings on the first pitch. He likes to work the count. He likes to see the first pitch. Listen, he had, look, I know. So I poked Tyler during the movie, and as you hear his frustration, now eight minutes goes by the movie, Tyler's not watching the movie at all. He's just yelling at me about how great Joe Maurer is. Because here's the thing about this. Here comes round two. Joe Maurer, for a 10-year stretch, was the best catcher in baseball. He still might be, go, he'll probably go down as one of the best offensive catchers of all time. He signed a big contract, understandably. Everybody wanted to stay in Minnesota. And then he got concussion after concussion. He got older. And he hasn't been as good as he was when he was the best ca- offensive catcher ever. Geez, sorry. But there's a lot of Twins fans that don't like Joe Maurer because of the contract he got. When he's just, he's aged, you know what I mean? And he's still very good about getting on base. He works the count. He knows he has a great on base percentage and batting average when in when there's runners in scoring Let position career wise. He is he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a fucking statue at Target I'm just Field. Drink my tea over here. When he retires, he's gonna have a statue alongside Kirby Puckett and and Harmon Killebrew and all these motherfuckers that are always bitching about Joe Maurer are gonna Nobody's love that. Nobody's bitching about they're Joe Maurer. Love, they're gonna love that that statue. They're gonna take pictures in front of that statue and they're gonna love him again. But. It pisses me off when you even push my buttons about this because he's a great player. <laughs> and he's been a treasure for Minnesota, and he basically is one of the reasons why they even got that fucking stadium. Well, uh, whatever. But, you know, I'm just saying, just leave Joe Maurer out of this, okay? He's a Minnesota guy, grew up there. He's a nice guy. He also he's got um, baby twins or he whatever. He had some baby twins. Well, that's, come on, he's a Minnesota twin. He had twins? That's pretty great. Hope he doesn't get traded <laughs> by the time it's the episode. He's not going to get traded. He's got no trade clause. But, um, yeah, listen. Stop dogging on Joe Maurer. So that that's a mini version of the rant he went on. <laughs> you went on during the freaking movie yesterday. My God. <laughs> well, because, you, you know, you've heard that rant before. You're the one that poked me. <laughs> you knew it was coming. You knew I was going to bring it up. Um, Another scene that comes up. Uh, somewhere in the beginning is they're kind of doing a little batting practice or something yeah. like that. And this is Tyler. Just to let BP. And I was like, just a what? <laughs> just to let BP? <laughs> I was like, what is Because somebody says that. Like, batting practice, BP. BP, batting practice. I don't know if that's a common phrase. I just like to say it. You're such a dork. So during this scene, though, the mom of the little kid walks out on the field. Uh-huh. And the baseball player, Lou, who's played by... Timothy Busfield. Um, Lou Collins. Is on his back stretching. Oh yeah, and I'm sure you didn't make notes about this, but oh yeah, 
He's got his butt straight up in there. Oh, yeah. Nice butt shot. Now, I've seen baseball players stretch on the field like this before games. Yeah. And it is kind of nice to objectify these baseball players once in a while. But what are you looking So, yeah, Mom, ch- go ahead. Check out that guy's ass. I'm just curious, though. Like, what part of it specifically that you enjoy? His ass in the air? Yeah. So what are you envisioning uh, when you see a dude's ass sticking up in the air like that? That he's real strong. Uh-huh. Maybe a little flexible. Uh-huh. Why would... Okay. Keep going. Um... I don't know. I'm just like an I'm just like an ass girl. Like I like a nice ass on a guy. But are you like thinking about like I'm thinking about slapping his putting ass, putting your face in it, or what are you doing? Um, I wouldn't go that far. Okay, I'm just wondering. Um, because he's got it. It's just a very. I'm not look. You can like what you like. That's fine. But I'm just saying, like the, the what he does is a very interesting position. Well, he's just stretching, and it's, it's not is, like just sticking out and being like, look yeah, at my butt. It's, it's like. A, it's, he's stretching. It's a and it's odd picture. to see it in the movie unless you've been to baseball games. And they and do, that's do that. Yeah. How they stretch. Yeah. My favorite memory being at uh, the Safeco Field, the Seattle, uh-huh. when the Twins were playing there. Yeah. Good old Tory Hunter. Uh huh. Did I see Tory? I'm pretty certain I saw Tory You saw Tory Hunter, Hunter stretching like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was great. We were on the third baseline, which would be their <laughs> side. He was stretching. I was like, yeah, you get those stretches. It's just nice, you know. I think as a you woman, were probably like twenty at the time. He's, he's probably, probably like forty. 40. Yeah, it's you're fine. like ooh. I'm not. I'm not ageist. No, you're not. It's just nice, you know. We women need opportunities to uh, return the favor of, uh, you know. Well, okay, like, but yeah, all right, that's fine. I just like what situation are like women doing that? Like, I think maybe it's just me. Okay, <laughs> I might be the only woman who. No, but like, what, what situation yeah. are women like? Doing those kinds of stretches. Oh, oh, women are just walking, and men are like, yeah, you walk, girl. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Just general body I mean, objectification. I, I yell at dudes like that when they're just walking. Oh, sure, me I'm, too. I'm, I'm like, gender, yeah. I, I don't... Hey, bro. Yeah, I do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Looking good. Yeah. Shake what your mama gave you. So... Yeah, definitely say that to dudes. Anyway, like, Billy Haywood... <laughs> Decides to fire the dick Dennis Farina as the manager, and he just decides, I'm going to be the manager of the Minnesota Twins, which everybody's like, doesn't make any sense. They even, like, come up, like, the GM and the pitching coach get together, and they're like, managing, like, about situations, and, like, okay, give, them a situ- give me a situation. And I don't know, like, if this is a good reason to hire someone as, like, your manager, because the situation that the pitching coach gives him is not, like, that hard of a situation to, like, glean He's basically like saying, like, what do you do in a tie game when you have someone on base, first base and your number three hitter comes up to the plate? And he's like, I'm going to let him hit away. And he's like, no. Like, that's why that's why you can't be the manager, kid, because why wouldn't you, would you just have him bunt? It's like, you're not going to bunt your number three, your best hitter in the lineup to, like, bunt someone over. You're going to let him swing away. Like, this is just common stuff. Like, that's not a great question to see if this guy's, this kid's going to be a good manager. I'm just But saying. the kid comes up with some great follow-up questions before he answers. Well, yeah. He drills it back, like, ooh, what's the score? What inning is it? Who's cashing? Who's resting in the bullpen? Who's up in the eighth? I'd let Lou hit. Yeah. So he's like, so as a kid, you're like, holy shit, this kid knows what it he's talking It sounds really about. good. Yeah, it sounds good, but it's... And now as really an adult scary. who understands baseball, yeah. you're like, that's not But it's good. I mean, it, so it's, as a kid's movie, it's trying to be like, this kid knows baseball, but it's mm-hmm. doing it in a way that like, you don't have to know much about baseball to know that that's like, smart. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, then like, they kind of gloss over the, uh, the kind of the unbelievable aspect of this, which I appreciate. Because it's just like, wait, let's talk to the commissioner of baseball and see if he's okay with it. And, like, they just have, a, like, a little scene where he's like, oh, as long as his mom's okay with it, 
It's like, is it okay with your mom? And then, like, he does that the same thing with his mom. He's like, oh, the commissioner said, he said, as long as, he, as, long as it's okay with uh, you, it was okay with him. It's a, it's kind of end of a joke, but I mean, let's be clear. Like, this is, these are labor laws of violation, like crazy. Like, this is a lot of work this kid's putting in. He can't be a manager. It's against the law. And if for some reason you're listening to this and you don't know baseball, yeah. the manager's kind of like the coach. The head coach. Yeah, he's the head coach of uh, the baseball team. And then you have, like, pitching coaches. Hey, why would you listen to this if you didn't have any s- slight semblance of the baseball? Hey, Mom, I'm talking to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Um, she's going to really appreciate that talk about that uh, Timothy Busfield's butt thing. I mean, my mom's a woman. She should be allowed to look at butts on in movies. Yeah. I don't know. All right. You know? Oh, yeah. It's fine if she wants to. I'm just... It's interesting that you thought you just want to keep talking about it. Tyler, sexuality is not a thing to be ashamed of or to run away from. Get yourself ready for some real nasty YouTube comments. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> First of all, I love how you said YouTube comments. Even That's where the, all the hateful ones are. This is a podcast, yeah. and we're not on YouTube. Well, yet. Someone will rip this, put some... Uh, Texted, they'll put the text up. Of Stop! Don't you be said. putting ideas out there. Just okay. shut it down. And then they'll and then they'll post during about the it. Mo- during the movie. Tyler's like, I'm pretty sure the commissioner wouldn't approve this labor laws, which is exactly what you just said. Yeah. Um, why is that what pops into your head? I'm just like that's to say your that, flaw like, criticism. It's not a criticism. I appreciate that we're just like we're not dealing with that reality of it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're just kind of like. We're getting to the fan, like we're getting to the thing that kids want to go see. I know that this is, doesn't play as much like a kid movie, but it does do a good job of just being like, "Yeah, no, he's going to be the manager. Don't worry about it." Like we've already like gone over that. It's not a criticism. I'm just saying like, like it, it, it they just they get they get through that real fast, and they don't even bring it up. Like he barely, they barely even talk about like just the logistics. It's the summer, but like when September rolls around, he's got to have a tutor, and they they kind of throw it in a little bit, but it's not like this thing where he has to. They're not, they're not pushing the kid stuff as much, except for his friendships, uh, with his, the, his friends and his mom. So I just, I like that about it. Um, but of course the whole team is just not on board with this kid coming in and being the manager. He gets a pretty hostile, uh, reception when he comes and gives a speech to the team and... Well, first he said he walks into the locker room? Yeah. What I love about this movie mm. is the... 17 to 25 locker room scenes Mm -hmm. because you do really get to see kind of what a major league locker room looks like an old one (laughs) an old one yeah yeah. i mean they're a little fancier now so i kind of appreciate that and a lot of the movie takes place in in the locker room Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you what i didn't hear Mm -hmm. is any locker room talk okay (laughs) (laughs) all right well because the reality is more youtube comments coming the reality is in the locker room guys you know what they're talking about? They're talking about baseball. They're eating a bunch of food. They're telling jokes about cowboys they're riding the town jokes. on Friday. They're bitching about the manager. Oh, yeah. So you, this, the scene is um, all the Major League Baseball players are in the slugger room mm-hmm. on the team. And then in walks this little kid. Yeah. And he just gives a big sigh. <sighs> Hi, guys. <laughs> and then there's just this, like, electric guitar music tension it's like the electric guitar version of like the price is right losing horns like mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like that's like a retro uh, electric guitar version of a record scratch yes. kind of it's like very 90s tyler said tension yeah 
But then, but this is kind of where the movie really kind of kicks into like getting to know a lot of the players on the team, mm-hmm. and we all—it's not like a bunch other than Timothy Busfield. We get our types, right? We get we get the gruff pitcher named Blackout who doesn't want to get kicked out of a game, and he's real angry and is very intimidating. We get the pitcher who's about to be a free agent who just doesn't want to deal with this kid and his shenanigans. He just want to, wants to get paid. You got the veteran uh, hitter. Billy Haywood's favorite player growing up who's suddenly struggling and is on the verge of maybe getting kicked off the team. Mm-hmm. So you're just getting these little versions. You get a wisecracker and Jonathan Silverman from all sorts of TV things mm-hmm. and all that. And, you know, you just get this uh, ragtag team, as you do in these uh, these movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like it. I like these, uh, like, as you said, there's a lot of these locker room scenes. Once the movie kind of gets into how the team is performing and how Billy Haywood's attitudes of having fun and just being kind of uh, loose on the team and just kind of remembering the the fun aspects of baseball. That's when the movie kind of just like shows these guys just kind of hanging out. There's several scenes in which we just get these players interacting. And this is where we get this joke that I tell our kids about like uh, the cowboy rides into town on Friday. He stays three days and leaves on Friday. How'd he do it? And, like, that comes up twice in the movie before, and then it, like, 40 minutes goes by before we ever get, like, someone tried to quickly just explains the joke. Stay tuned till the end of the podcast if you're not quite sure how that joke ends. So, how did it go? Cowboy rides into town on Friday. He saves three days and leaves on Friday. How'd he do it? How'd he do it? My daughter, our oldest daughter, loves this joke. So, if you can't figure it out, you're going to have to listen all the way to the Just end. like you do in the movie. And it's just like just so like off. You do. What I love about it is it comes back in just such an offhand <laughs> remark. It doesn't like retell the joke at the end of the movie. There's just a, 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 a player a who's like, oh, hey, by the way, Mac, answer. answer. And I, I love that. Um, so, yeah, you just get a lot of these scenes. You get the, the kids throwing water balloons out mm-hmm. the window of the hotel. They're watching. Uh, well, this is so, kind of an interesting little scene. Oh. This is another one of these. Uh, this movie's PG. Because they it's watch... It's PG. They, well, I don't know, it is PG, but there's a scene in which they're in the hotel room and Billy Haywood is... Uh, really jumping ahead here. Or, yeah, well, you know, it's all right. We're, oh, now they're at the hotel. Yeah. And the kid's watching. It's a little movie. pay-per-view. It's a little movie called Night Nurses from Jersey. Night Nurses from Jersey. And it's a... I mean, it's clearly the beginning, and you get to see the beginnings of what is this, this porno movie. And here's the tagline. They're off the turnpike and on duty for love. I love it. I love that tagline. That's what he says he's telling his friend on the phone or something about it. And uh, um, I'm pretty sure this would not fly in a PG movie these days. Probably not. Um, yeah, because it comes back and it, he gets in trouble because his mom gets the bill for the pay-per-view. And, and he's uh, watched and, it like eight. Oh, it's like he watched it like eight times. Eight times. And then stayed up so late that he's sleeping through the game. The next game. The next game, which, I mean, you can't do that as a manager. And apparently, many of the baseball players were watching it because there's some offhand remark by one of the players as he's sleeping. Like, oh, another victim of night nurses from Jersey, right? Yeah, like, gross. Yeah, that's just gross. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty, uh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's a little jarring for uh, for a movie now to kind of see that. It's not, it's not inappropriate. There's no nudity. It there's no suggestion of even like anybody having sex yet it's like right before yeah, that it's part like of the porn getting started and they have these sexy the pizza guy just arrived you know it's not like we're not we're not getting into anything crazy but like they do take off their their outfits though and they just they're in like their lingerie so you see that part yeah it's interesting it's a it's a it's a it's a funny thing so but the big deal about this is um 
he's getting good at you know, he's good at managing the team, but then the pressures of of being good start getting to Billy Haywood, and he starts ignoring his friends. He's being a jerk to his mom, who, by the way, started dating Timothy Busfield. The hot, butt-stretching player. Yeah. We already know it's Timothy Busfield. I'm just referencing back. Which, by the way, we're going to bounce back a little bit. They go, like, their first date, Timothy Busfield and uh, the mom, they're, they go to Valley Fair with for Billy's uh, birthday. And Valley Fair is the amusement park in uh, Minnesota. And they go on the wave ride, which I remember going on a bunch, and it, there's a... You don't get wet very much on that ride as much as you think you do, but if you stand on the bridge, as Timothy Busfield and the mom do, you get soaked by a giant wave. You get soaked. Valley Fair. Here's time in the movie. Look, it's Valley Fair. And then you started chanting and just singing. Valley Fair. There it is. Valley Fair. Yeah. Ooh, you're so excited for that. Because I went to Valley Fair as a kid. It was great. It was great. Because people get, you know, people like to think about Mall of America in the Minnesota, in the Minneapolis area. And look, mini, look, Mall America, not dog on it, great. But bigger, bigger theme park, mm-hmm. Valley Fair. That's where it's at. Mall of America is indoor, I get it, but there's smaller rides. You get mm-hmm. a whole thing at Valley Fair. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. There's a few montages of baseball playing in the movie. Yeah, I love all those. Like, it's, uh, you get a couple of, um, just them playing really well, and it's just a lot of fun baseball action. So if you're a baseball fan, you get a lot of these, uh, Montage is really like two. There's one when they're doing well, and then of course they start losing, and then we get like a big montage when they get back into the the, pe- the pennant race. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so you just get these uh, really um, good um, scenes. And, and you know that the whole I think the kind of the hook of the movie is these uh, he's Billy's using these tricks to win ball games a little bit. Like mm-hmm. uh, the, what's the first one? I, there's the, we'll talk about the ending, which is kind of a, a big deal. But there's like an earlier one where. Oh, he decides to, like, have someone who's walked, uh, been walked after a pitch, and he just keeps running. Instead of stopping at first, he yeah. rounds the base yeah. and runs to second. And it confuses the, the other team and to the point where they, like, the catcher tries to throw it out over to the plate, and then, like, the guy who's on third runs home, and they win the game because uh, they tricked him. Which is, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's silly because if you, I mean, these are things that, you know, I was thinking about this actually. Like, I was thinking like, oh, these are ridiculous things. Like, this doesn't happen in Major League Baseball, right? It's kind of silly. But then I was like, you know, watching just a game today. And and this is true of almost every game. There's always like something that happens. It's like they drop a ball. It's easy. Or it goes through someone's, I mean, Crazy things happen in baseball. Anything can happen. Of like in great players doing weird things. So I could see like people just get, like you're not going to trick anybody more than once. But you know, I could see a scenario where someone's just like, "Wait, why is he running?" It's baseball. <laughs> yeah, anything so can happen. I like that. Um, and there's more shenanigans in the end, which is um, really good. What did you think about um, how the movie handles his friendships? Because that's where the kind of the central conflict comes. In the movie of his balancing his being a kid and being a manager of a baseball team. He starts losing his friendships. They're mad at him for not uh, hanging out with them. He's trying to bribe them with autographs and things like that. I think it's super relatable, not even on like this fantasy world of him owning a baseball field. But Mm -hmm. these kids are like 11, 12 years old. Yeah. And that is the time when you're growing up where you kind of start being like a little bit too cool for your friends maybe. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate how he kind of treats his friends like shit. He stands them up a little bit, but he yeah. still really cares about them. He tr- he wants to make it better. Um, and in the end, they figure it out and work it out. But it kind of, ha- it goes there. And it does, it actually has a decent balance of like, 
like it, it does a good job because you get like this interplay between they kind of tease each other about certain things at the beginning. So it actually is pretty subtle how it kind of starts shifting, mm-hmm. where the barbs at each other just get a little bit more, sh- like they just get sharper. You know, like he, you know, there's one of his friends is always telling him to start this certain picture. It's like you should start that picture. He always does this, and then. Like, he says, like, oh, that's, you know, yeah, he always does that. That's why he's got a, seven losses or whatever. And he's like, you know, that, but earlier in the movie, they kind of do that a little bit, and he made a similar remark. But this time, he's like, ah, I still think you should start. And, it's like, and then he's like, well, maybe you should leave the baseball to me. And then it's like, just a little bit sharper. It's very sharp. Shuts the kid down. He, yeah. like, puts his head, like, looks down. Clearly hurt by But it's friends. like good performances, and then it just, it gets worse from there. And the, mm-hmm. the only thing that's kind of problematic about it is that they, the two friends get a new friend, Lowell. Lowell. <laughs> Where they just kind of, like, shit on this kid. <laughs> They're like, oh. Well, what I also love about this was at some point in the movie, the two, the friends show up at his house, mm-hmm. which I feel like in the 90s, you you did. You just showed up at you your friends' houses. In, right? yeah. There's no cell phones. There's no planning playdates. You just, nah. like, knock on the door, and you're like, hey. So the kids just show up. They just walk into the house. They're like, oh, yeah. They're just in the house. And they're like, hey. And never mind. Like, these are, I mean, this is... This movie does not address the other thing of just, like, both, all, Timothy Busfield is, by all counts, the all-star of the team. Billy Haywood's very recognizable now. Like, they, no one hounds him for autographs, other than, like, one girl at school. He doesn't get hounded for autographs, like, the door's unlocked? These kids are just walking in the door? Maybe they have a key? I mean, there is a scene where, like, the mom's getting a lot of phone calls. Oh, yeah, they're asking for interviews. But, like, yeah, he's like, oh, change my home number. But, like, it would be worse than that. Yeah, so the (laughs) the kids show up without Billy. And they're talking to the mom, and the mom just, like, looks at this kid, and she's like, I don't know you. Oh, and they're yeah. like, oh, this is our friend Lowell. We don't let him talk. Yeah. And basically, they're, like, huge bullies oh, to Oh, they're bullying Lowell, yeah. Who wants to be a part of their crew. Yeah. And they're just, like, assholes to him. There's another scene later in the movie uh-huh. where uh, the friend is talking to Billy on the phone. Yeah. And the friend is sitting on Lowell's face. Yeah, oh yeah. He's like suffocating under there, which is kind of... Okay, listen, I'm just going to say this. And I think this is going to go a long way in the bullying conversation in the world, okay? People want to know, like, why why do people bully? Why does this keep happening? It's because, as they show in Little Big League, bullying is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Not... You know what I mean? It can be. It seems like it's kind of funny. Because these scenarios are kind of funny. The way that they're shitting on this kid... Is, I'm sorry, kind of funny in the movie, in the moment. When you're growing up, there is yeah. this line where yeah. you can, like, shit on your friends. Yeah. And poke them and, and slug them and get in fights with yep. them. And, and it's kind of funny and yep. you love each other and you always come back. Yeah. But then there's just that fine line where it's not based on a friendship relationship. It's right. based on not. And I think this one toes it for a while, but it comes it comes well, around it, to them really appreciating this little Lowell character. There's a, there's a there's a scene later where the kids are like, "Oh yeah, Lowell kind of said we should cut you a break." You know, he's actually a pretty good guy if you let him talk or whatever. Like, yeah, they 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 rectify that. I, I'm just saying that like there's a reason why this happens. It's because like it it can be it's fun to rib your friend, and it, it there's is. obviously a line. This movie probably. The suffocating part is probably a little over the line. Whatever, tell me <laughs> that at some point you didn't wrestle with your friends, oh, yeah. sit on each other's faces. It's kind of more of like a brother, like a brotherly thing, or especially or cousins, right? yeah, or you whatever. Just, you do something real shitty to somebody. Oh my gosh, I remember my friend Tracy. If you're listening to this, also a big baseball fan, her yeah. little brother who's like six years younger than us. I want to say we were in high school. Yeah, wrestling in his living room. Uh-huh. He pretty much sat on my face and farted on my face. Yeah, that's what pretty much happens to Lowell. That's here. what teeny young teenagers do that's what young people do and yes. so but saying i'm just saying this is where 
you gotta be vigilant, your parents, because listen, bullying, it could, they're, it's enjoyable. They're having fun. And it's kind of funny in the movie, I'm just saying. I mean, the kids do it right in front of the mom. <laughs> <laughs> they make them lift all these, the fan mail and stuff like that. Well, she's not exactly nice to him either. She's like, I don't, I don't know, know you. you. Well, I would say the same thing if a kid came into my house. Like, who are you? Who the fuck are you? He could be, over, he could be a reporter or something like that. Like, they could have sent in like a spy. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You don't want someone just sneaking into your house. That's true. We don't even know if that, what happened to the dad and stuff like that. So, hey, I'm just saying. No, the dad's mysteriously missing. Well, they talk about him just being gone like he's not here for you is pretty much the extent yeah, but that could i can't be remember divorce, they are... that could be like i don't tragedy. know maybe i missed it in the beginning this time but i don't You're, believe it was probably it. during that part where you were chewing my ass about joe mauer that's because you know that joe mauer is gonna be a, a hall of fame twin he's a borderline hall of famer uh the concussions will probably hurt him in that um that case for like the national hall of fame but he's a hall of famer of Minnesota. he's gonna have a statue They're gonna retire um, so we number. don't know what happened to the dad no <laughs> let's keep you focused tyler wilson <laughs> oh my god so yeah anyway um what other parts do you want to talk about well that were fun? i think we could you know we can jump ahead to the, the ending which is pretty um significant to um uh you know he, he's seen the error of his ways with his friends he's decided to have more fun at the baseball field he's easing up on on lou he's he's because lou is dating his mom which he was for at the beginning he starts having a problem with it and then he ends up benching him because he went 0 for 12 or whatever. Like, he's your best player. I could see he's sitting Lou for a game. But, like, it's it, it's it's suggested that they he sits his three-hitter for several games. For, like, a, maybe a week. Like, talk about, like, blowing your season. Like, why would you do that? Because he's a petty little 12-year-old. He's a petty 12-year-old. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, he's back in there. He's doing well. Their relationship's reestablished. And that's good. All well and good. Um, but, yeah. So, basically, there's a scenario where they're down four. Uh, with four to play for the wild card position. This is before. This is before. There's been some changes to what teams going to the playoffs since then, and you know whatever. That's different now. But anyway, there's a race between the Seattle Mariners and the Minnesota Twins. Seattle Mariners are four games up. If any combination of the last four games, Minnesota Twins either if they lose a game, they're out. If Seattle wins a game, Minnesota's out. Well, we get a great montage of baseball play. Minnesota wins all four games. Seattle loses all four games. We see that they watch the Seattle game in the in the locker room again at the end. There's more of this uh, camaraderie going on, mm-hmm. and that forces a one game playoff for the wild card game. And this was pretty significant because not only am I a big lifetime Twins fan, but we're also in the Pacific Northwest and the Seattle Mariners. This is this this movie has given us players, real players of other teams other than the Twins. The Twins are all fictional characters, but. The other teams they play are filled with real players. We've seen Yvonne Rodriguez, we've seen Rafael Palmero, we've seen lots of other players, but they saved all the big ones for the end because the Mariners come into town and we get Ken Griffey Jr., mm-hmm. we get the manager Lou Pinello, we clearly see, and uh, he even has a line of dialogue in the movie, and we get the big unit, Randy Johnson. This is like classic uh, Seattle Mariners 90s, that's right before like the 95 run. This is pretty exciting for a kid who loves baseball. Mm-hmm. Big Twin fan, cool. also, you know, going to Mariners games, still... Great, listen, great Mariners fan. Very supportive of the Mariners. They're my number two team. So this is like a, for me, this was like a dream. This is like a dream. Like everybody. (laughs) You got Ken Griffey Jr., you got Randy Johnson. Um, So we get this really good, and that's what's great about this movie. There's not a lot of baseball kid playing in this movie. There's like two, one in the beginning, one in the end. 
The rest of it is like adults playing baseball, major league baseball. Or just talking in the locker room. There were yeah. a lot of locker room scenes. But you liked them. I did. It, it, towards the end of the movie, though, this movie was starting to feel a little long. It is a little long. It's, what, you said two hours. It's, it, it, it pushes up there. Maybe a little bit longer for a kid movie should be. But There's a whole scene where freaking Billy's trying to do his homework, and it's like a math word problem. But that it's like a seven-minute scene that it could probably do without. Yeah, I gotta be honest with you though. That's a, it's a. It's one of your favorite scenes. No, that's not my favorite scene, but it does. It is where the joke, the answer to our joke, comes back in. That's true, but the math problem. If one of you listening likes math, oh word yeah, problems, tell. Did you write it down? What's the what's the math problem? It's a it's a word problem. He's having trouble. This is the only mention of his tutoring that he's getting. He has to do yeah. his homework before this big game. Listen, come on. Yeah. Like, focus on the game. Baby. Focus on the game. Um. So if it takes one guy. Yeah. Five hours to paint a house. Yeah. And another three hours to paint a house. Mm-mm, and they mm-mm, paint mm-mm. it together. Another guy. How long? Three. Yes. What did you say? Why don't you fucking listen? You, I God. Think you Go I'm reading it. You're okay. such a shit. Start again. Can, you want to play back? No, start it again. Okay. Takes one guy five hours. Yeah. Takes another guy three hours to paint a house. Okay. How long does it take them to paint the house together? And these baseball players are real dumb. One of them's like three times five, 15 hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other one's like three plus five. It's eight hours. It takes eight hours for two guys to paint a house. So it just goes, and then more people come in, and then more people, and they're drawing on the board, and they're trying to figure it out. The takeaway here is that the baseball players are real dumb. Are they dumb, though? That's a hard question to figure out. Okay, but it's not three plus five, and it's not three times five. I think a lot of people I know would be like, is it five plus three? It has to be less because there's two of them. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> anyway, if you know the answer to that question... Send it in, and we'll send you something in return. Will we? Yeah, like an email that says, Everybody? good job, you got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Tyler. Well, anyway, uh, Jonathan Silverman is the one who kind of quickly rushes in and shows him the answer to the question. And that's when he also says, like, because the pitching coach is named Mac, and he's the guy who's trying to figure out the cowboy joke. Or, and uh, finally we get the answer to that. The horse's name was Friday. The horse's name was Friday. And it's just like this little comment as he's walking by. Yep. It's not like, you know, featured in the scene. It's just like a very side, quick. It's pretty great. And then uh, what we get is a pretty, I think, a pretty strong climax to this movie, which is a a very tension-filled baseball game. We get, uh, oh, by the way, this is when Billy decides to start the pitcher that his friend is always harping on him to start. Mm -hmm. He does, they, they make it sound like he's doing really well, but... He also gives up the three-run home run to Ken Griffey Jr., which is, like, the, the what is... They basically blow the game. They blow the... Well, and listen, you're going to give up runs, especially when Griffey's up, maybe, but, like, that pitcher left the game, he would have been the losing pitcher on record. So I'm just saying, you know, he didn't do that great. I mean, the bullpen... It ended up being a bullpen game because it goes 12 innings. But I'm just saying, like, he did good, but he also gave up that home run. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, so Griffey gives the home run, but then uh, the young... Uh, one of the young players ends up hitting a, a home run of his own to tie the game, and we go into extra innings, and so we get some good baseball action, and we get the the other kind of big trick scene. Remember that play we've been working on? Yeah, like, oh, we got to play. Yeah, gotta let's practice do it. it. So Ken Griffey Jr.'s up. They walk him. He gets to first base. There's a little bit of lipping between Ken Griffey Jr. and uh, Timothy Busfield. He's like, oh, I'm going to steal second, and then I'm going to steal third. I might even steal home. And Timothy Busfield's like, got to do what you got to do, Junior. And, uh, listen, 
King Griffey Jr., he's fast. I get it. But he's not stealing. Listen, there's no scenario where he's going to be stealing third or stealing home. It was ridiculous. Get out of here. He's just not going to do it. That's not. No. I, I watched him. Like, he's not going to do that. They're really trying to pump up the the greatness of King Griffey Jr.'s movie. Understandably. It's a movie. What I think is interesting is that the movie, like, all the real ball players in the movie are kind of okay with being portrayed as dicks. Like, there's that catcher from Detroit who was a real player. He's kind of a dick to Billy Haywood. He's, like, making jokes about him. Uh, Ken Griffith Jr., a little bit dickish. He's competitive. This feels like a little bit of a dick kind of play. Lou Pinella. Yeah, there's just a lot of... They kind of... You know, they're okay with being portrayed as dicks. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, the trick play is uh, they're trying to... They're doing a pickoff play over to first, first base. And they throw it once over there. And then he leads off again. And then the pitcher throws the ball over, so we think. And Timothy Busfield acts as if the ball gets past him. And he runs over to the corner, and the security guys look pick up the chair, and everybody's doing this crazy hunt for a ball, mm-hmm. right? Griffey goes and takes off for second. For some reason, he's not running really fast. He kind of slows up, which I think is interesting. Like, he wasn't paying attention. But it turns out, it was all a ruse. The pitcher never let go of the ball, had in his men threw it second base, and tags Ken Griffey Jr. Yes. Out. I want to see now them try this again. In like, a real baseball game. In a real baseball game, there is. I, I did. We're, I was reading that a lot of people felt like that was like an illegal play, but I, then I did read a. I don't want to get into the details of it, but the, apparently there's there's a decent defense of that play, like the way it's shown, just technically legal. But I read a thing that convinced me that I was like, okay, they it would be allowed. There would be some debate. There'd be some replay talk nowadays. Oh my no, god, there's replays now. But um, but yeah, so that's the this big scene. Of course, the. Uh, that ends up being kind of a fun scene, but then the, they, they end up losing a run because, like, a guy drops and gets a ball right through his legs. Yeah, the third baseman errors. Yeah, a little Buck, uh, Buckner uh, uh, error going on there. And yep. they end up being down one. So now it's, like, the bottom of the 12th. And, yeah, uh, same ba- third baseman who made the error yep. is up to bat. Oh, yeah, they tell – well, there's really, like, what, two outs, and uh, Billy's like, oh, you know what this guy did? He, uh, he dropped the ball and – but he went back the next inning and hit a game-winning game double. 1920, whatever. Yeah, he same. likes to quote a lot of 1920s baseball. He's a big into that era. It's classic yeah. era, right? Uh, before black people are allowed, I'm just saying. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, maybe he should pick some more modern. They, he did have that, uh, who was the first that, his black dad, his player grandpa. trivia question. Yeah, his grandpa knew that answer. He it wasn't He's like, by oh, Jackie you Robinson. want me to say Jackie Robinson, but the real answer is... Oh, oh can I just, one. before we get into this, I'll tell you another thing that always bothered me about this movie was that he ends up releasing uh, his favorite player. We knew it was coming. He's not hitting very well. And he has a very, you know, poor reaction to getting cut from the team. And he's throwing stuff. He's really mad at him. And this is... Part of the Billy Haywood's really just spin off. It starts. That's where he starts being bad. Anyway, I didn't like this because it reminded me of like Kirby Puckett mm-hmm. a little bit. I was just like, what are they trying to do? They trying to say like, because it's like eleven year veteran. It was kind of like the same amount of time for a player. And Kirby Puckett was always good, but I, just as a kid, I was just like, that'd be like cutting Kirby Puckett. You can't cut Kirby Puckett from the team. So it hurt me. I really, I felt uh, Billy's emotion. He felt his pain. He really yeah. didn't want to do it. Kirby and Puckett would never, never. Back the advice poorly, he was huh? given is that. You're the manager. You can't afford to be a fan. Yeah, which I think is uh, true, but I mean, it's just heart heart wrenching. But Curry, again, Curry Puckett would have never uh, played that poorly. He was an all star every day. But anyway, every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so 
they end up, you know, that guy who turns, he's told the story, Mac, the pitching coach, is like, hey, that's not how that story goes. Like he, that ended the game when he had that error. He's like, yeah, but he doesn't know that. So he's trying to boost his confidence. And by the way, this is a, a player we have barely seen in the movie. There's a lot of these characters. There's a ton of characters, and they, they all have little moments, and I think it works fine, but it's not like you get, like, a lot of these movies will focus on, like, three guys. This is, it treats it like a real team, at least, which is... And there's, like, three of these players that, to me, all look the oh, same. Oh, yeah. The, well, two of them were really kind of against him at the beginning. They look exactly yeah. the same. I was like, is it, are these different people? One of them comes around early, and the other one takes a lot longer to come around, and, and but yeah, you're watching them, and you're just like, that guy, I thought that guy already came around and liked him. Exactly. It's like, oh, no, no, he's a pitcher. Okay, never mind. They have that long, blonde yes, hair. That looked like a, they just look like baseball players. Yeah, just, you know, I could see that, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, have you ever seen, look, you've been to games, when you see them in their, the pictures they put on the screen. They all, they all have hats on. The same. They all have the same facial hair, all hats on. Like you can't tell. White boys. White boy. Yeah, listen, you just can't tell. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so he gets on base. The guy gets yeah, a single. gets his hit. Very exciting. And of course we get a good old Timothy Busfields up to the plate. But they do, the Mariners, they call in uh, the big unit. They call in Randy Johnson. The big unit? Is that what he that was, was called? Yeah, that was his nickname. And I, I've, look, I saw, I watched Randy Johnson pitch when he was in Seattle. It was awesome. And he's an intimidating guy. He was like 6'10". And they use him really well here. And, uh, you know, hey, look, you try to get in the playoffs. You're going to pull a starter. And if he's not on the rotation day, that's what you do. You bring in Randy Johnson to get a big out. And that's what they did. And uh, so then we get this big scene. He's very scary looking. And uh, he, oh, this is kind of the part where, you know, Billy and, and Lou have rectified, and he's just like, oh, I asked your mom to marry me. And he's like, yeah, hit a homer, and you can uh, you can marry her. And he's like, Ugh, all right. And he's a lot of tension, but I like the line where, right, he's like, he turns like, hey, Lou, he's like, you you can marry even if you don't hit a homer, <laughs> which I think is a good line. Yeah, sweet. That dialogue. Yeah, not too schmaltzy, but So then we get this bit. big sequence where... Timothy Busfield gives, Billy gives him a good tip about, like, if you get behind him, look for the low and away. Swings it, hits it real hard. It's shooting out. We get this kind of an interesting scene of, like, both slow-mo and, like, fast running because it's, of course, Ken Griffey Jr. running out to the the outfield to try to catch the ball. And uh, we get this big moment where Ken Griffey Jr. rises up, and it's kind of like that Kirby Puckett Game 6 moment where he's catching the ball. Um, But this movie ends with our heroes losing. Ken Griffey Jr. catches the ball in the in, from the crowd mm-hmm. and ends the game. The Mariners win the game. Epic ending. And the Twins lose. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, uh, especially in a kid movie, just, I was like really surprised like, by this. What the hell? They didn't win. It was really <laughs> weird. Um, you know, there are examples of this, but, uh, you know, it was, as a kid, you're just like, whoa, this is not how I thought it was going to end. And they, uh, they lose and they go back to the dugout and that's it. And it's like, whoa, crazy. What did you think about it when you first saw it? Was it surprising to you? I mean, you've probably seen some things that were, like, losses in movies, right? It's super surprising because it's all set up perfect to just fall into that typical sports movie trope of just, like, big ending, big win, everybody's happy, la la la, the end. Which is just, and it would have been fine because, like, I mean, realistically, the team's not great. They're probably, even if they go to the playoffs, they're probably going to get knocked out by the first place team. Exactly. And you looking, don't see that part anyway, so... Looking back as an adult, I love that they lost. I love that a lot of the games they played up to that, they lost. Mm-hmm. I love that Billy lost his Little League game in the beginning. Yeah. It's, like, kind of just, like, based in, you know, how baseball goes. There's a lot of loss in baseball. Yeah, and they and the team is, uh, they're sad, but he gets in there. He This is the point where he tells the team he's going to step down as the manager. He's still going to be the owner, but he wants to be more of a kid. 
And so Mac, our pitching coach, is going to take over. And, um, you know, there's... And the old player, Jerry, that he had to get Oh, yeah. Of. We had this pulling poor Jerry. He comes back, and he's like, oh, he's going to be a batting instructor, which is, listen, I, I think that's all well and No, nope, he's sure. going to come back as third base coach. I thought he said hitting in third base coach. Oh, maybe. Yeah, which I think is fine, but, like... And look, I get it. Like that's what you would do if you're like a great hitter or whatever. They come but, back to the organization. You've said that, that a lot of well, twins, the twins do that doing, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Any, any time you were a twin, Tory Hunter is heavily involved with the team. Justin Morneau is doing stuff now. This is, happens. Eddie Erdato is our bullpen coach currently. Paul Molitor is our manager. I mean, this this happens, but it happens a lot with Minnesota, especially. They love bringing people back. Joe Maurer will be involved. I oh, promise you he somehow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's kind of nice, but at the same time, what you're thinking is like. Hitting coach, like the couldn't he was hitting like buck eighty five. Like, what's he gonna tell people? I mean, um, but anyway, I did not think of that. No, I did, but <laughs> it's such a turd. But no, it's very, very true of the team. But then, um, but then Tyler, the security guard, walks in. Yep, and he says they're still here. Yep, and Billy goes, "Who?" And he goes, "Everybody." Yeah, everybody. So he walks back out into the field, and everyone is chanting, "Billy, Billy." Billy. Billy. I love it. Full stadium. Apparently, even the uh, Mariners fans are still there. Because it's well, a full-ass stadium. Yeah, but it's Minnesota. It's going to be mostly Twins fans, obviously. To which Tyler just says, people in Minnesota are nice. Yeah. Minnesota nice. They are. because They're they, all, you lost, but we still like you. They're so appreciative of what he did, right? Like, and they just, they love him. They wanted to, like, show some love for this that everybody thought was going to be a joke. I love this because, obviously, they, you know, this is kind of... You know, they could have been CG, I guess. I just really doubt it. They filled the stadium for yeah, this. Yeah, they filled the stadium. This was 94. I don't think they were yeah. CG filling And it's stadiums. great. And I could, I totally envision them getting like a casting call and people coming down to fill the stadium yes. for this movie. And I think that's fantastic. And I love that it's a full Metrodome and it has that vibe and you get this big... And the, by the way, I mean, the movie shows a lot of... There's good crowds in a lot of these sequences. And, mm-hmm. But this is just cool because it's just a, a stadium-spanning moment where you see the kid and... Yeah, just and knowing he, that uh, baseball team and knowing like... The Minnesota nice attitude. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what you do. Also, like, this team doesn't have much to bitch about because, like, the, there's pennants on the wall of the, the outfield wall that's confirming at least, like, okay, this is a different timeline for the Twins. But, like, their championship things are out there. So, in this in this world, they've also won the World Series in 1991. This is only a couple years later. Like, what are these fans got to bitch about? They just won the World Series a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all kid. They almost made yeah. the playoffs with a kid for your manager. Like, yeah. of course you're going to be happy. Yep, so they're chanting him. And then he holds his hat up to the crowd. Freeze frame. Freeze frame. Love it. Which is in the trailer, by the way. It's the end of the trailer. They show the last scene of the movie. That's true. Tyler gets very hung up when too much is shown in trailers, but I swear to God, nobody else remembers the shit that's in trailers as much as you They also show the Ken Griffey Jr. catch in the trailer. Of course they do, but, like, you don't remember that unless you're a freak like you. I didn't remember when I saw the movie because I obviously didn't know that, uh, that they didn't, you know, win the win the game or yep. whatever. Then but. they roll the great end credit highlights. Yeah. Baseball playing. And then your favorite thing that movies do at the end. Cast call. Roll, roll call. call. I love it. Great. And what's funny about this movie is that they put they give a roll call for like every character. Every character who said or maybe didn't even say. Or had like a stunt where they caught a ball or something like that. Yep. Because it is like, and it goes on for a long time and it's like guys that, like, oh yeah, that guy was in the movie for like a second. Mm-hmm. That, that's, uh, that's that person's name. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. But you know. It's all right, because they're Minnesota Twins making cool catches and stuff like that. So I'm on board. So looking back at the whole movie, mm-hmm. now at the age of 34 mm-hmm. versus when you watch it at age my Kirby 10. Puckett, my Kirby Puckett year, by the way. It is your Kirby Puckett year, mm-hmm. 34. Yep. Um, 
Yay, nay, totally as good as when you were a kid, better? What do you, what do you think? I think this is, you know, it's it's overlong, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it still has a, a few of those kid movie tropes. Not too bad, I think it, it does a good job. I think that the three kids especially are very good in the movie. That is not something that you see in a lot of these... Uh, when you go back and watch the, the films, the kids are not always the best actors. I think all three are very good. None of them really went on to do much else after this. Mm-mm. But uh, liked them. Uh, I Yeah, I I, lo- I love this movie for its what it makes me feel about as a, as a kid and, and what I love about baseball. That aspect I love. I think as a movie, it kind of holds up. I think it plays enough and it, 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 it's a good enough movie that it can be a solid piece of nostalgia. You can reflect on it without feeling too bad about yourself like i used to like this movie or whatever and it's not too 90s yeah it's a lot of 90s but it's a lot of baseball and really baseball is a pretty classic sport yeah the only i mean to me the only thing that's really jarring is that the uniforms are really outdated now because they don't have they don't wear the m very much anymore oh my god nobody else is gonna notice that i didn't notice and the other teams the the uniforms are different i mean that's the part that dates it to me Sure. Just knowing that. But yeah, and when the not kids are walking of, through school. A little bit, but it's not a lot. Like, the, nobody's really wearing, like, real crazy 90s stuff, really. Yeah. Some fans, they're just, like, fan shots, but it's not bad. Do you, um, what age group do you think this movie is really targeted for back then and even today if you were to watch it with your kids? I mean, I think that um, the age of the kids is a good level. Obviously, I know kids are, like, older now or whatever, so a little bit younger than that. But I think it's a, it's a good play. I think if you kind of like baseball... I think you could sit down and probably watch it just fine and enjoy it. I think it's an underrated and underseen movie. Because our five-year-old wanted to watch it. Yeah. And we kind of, because we had just watched it last night, he thought he was going to watch it today. He saw the beginning, He got pretty pissed off today. Oh, yeah. But it really is a lot of adults in the movie. There aren't a lot of kids in it. I subjected to that all the time. I turned the Twins game on. I was like, you want to watch adults playing baseball? I got it for you. Ready for it. Here you go. Yeah. So I'm thinking this is more like a 10-year-old. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's too long and it's not enough of, like, kid ant. There's there's no kid antics in the movie. That's the other thing. I mean... Rookie of the Year has some kid antics in it. I mean, yeah. less so, but I, I like that movie. I like The Sandlot, too, but yeah. there's just more kid things that happen to it. This is, it's a different kind of uh, movie like that, a fantasy yeah. movie. It's a fantasy movie that's kind of rooted in, like, well, this was kind of what it would really be like. It would be kind of hard, and it would be kind of this barrel of mixed emotions. Yes. And that's interesting, and all those, those movies touch on that to an extent, but just, it, it kind of, like, grounds it more than, than the usual thing. And there's a lot of adults playing baseball. A lot of adults, and also no girls or women in this movie. Oh, just the mom. It's just the mom. Which we don't even know her name. We just call her Billy's mom. It's Billy's mom. You told me that she's in. She appeared in something notable she's after that. Sure, not really though. Oh, okay. She was she in was Minority in Report, Report mm-hmm. in this like just a brief opening scene. scene. Yeah. Yeah. So that part of it kind of sucks because it's like I want. I wouldn't mind showing this to my daughters, but it's pretty lacking in the girl department. Major League Baseball's a man. Oh, there sport. was another girl in the movie. When she was going up to ask Billy for his signature, the and they were like, the oh, there's, what's her Shelly, name? Shelly, I thought I had her name, but I Hogabom got her. Hogabomb or something. Hogabomb, it wasn't a V, I thought it was Hogabomb or whatever. And they're like, what a babe. They like her I she- love babe. I forget the babe is like a word we use And in that's the probably the most 90s scene, right? Because of all uh-huh. the, what they're wearing. Also, she like, she's like, oh, can I like uh, have your like autograph? Because she's like doing that Valley Girl 90s mm-hmm. uh, voice, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like easily the most 90s scene in the movie, but... Uh, what a pain. Shelly Hogabomb or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and then she gets mentioned that she's at the game, his first game, but uh, we don't see her again. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of women representation here. No. There's a joke about uh, one of the ballplayers' wives being fat. 
Oh, there's all sorts of like yeah, it's really a man. Terrible. It's, it's a, not yeah. good. No, I mean it's definitely living in that world. There's tobacco use, which is disgusting in this movie. Yeah, which is just very weird to also see in a kids movie, but it's also just disgusting in general um, to see someone. Oh, he's roll got like a, a giant ball of tobacco, yeah, and he rolls up out. gum around it. Oh my god, the grumpy, uh, so the angry pitcher. Yeah, I think seeing that is like you know what? I think I did see this as a kid. Yeah, because now this is making me think seeing that seen as a kid so the pitcher has mm-hmm. got a f- two fistful Black. size it's a softball size of tobacco yeah chewing tobacco in a giant ball then he rolls ch- chewing gum around yep. it bubble gum, gum yep. bubble gum around it and sticks it in his mouth and everybody think, and there's play by the way billy and a couple other players look on in disgust like we're trying think, to send a message here in my yeah. head i was like what the fuck is chewing tobacco like how does it work like, what are you doing with it? Because I think in my head, I was like, do you chew it like bubblegum? Oh, I have no idea. I so have... I think I got very confused about the, what, I still what don't chew, understand. chew I was. have friends that told me that, like, they chew and stuff like that, or they did in the past. I was like, what do you mean? You, like, what'd you do? He's like, oh, you just, like, stick it in your mouth and you put then it Then why something? is it called chew? I was like, I don't know what you're doing, and I don't know so what you're confusing. talking about. I, I just, I don't get it. I blame this movie for confusing me about what chew is. But you didn't do it. Well, no, because I'm not like a baseball playing man who's getting lots of free tobacco. What you get is you get Big League Chew. Big League Chew. Which is that bubblegum. I bubble do gum. love bubblegum. That's something. Oh, man, that's Which so is good. a really messed up thing, by the way, that, that this was made, though. Like, here's this bubblegum product that's, like, supposed to be kind of, like, we're They call it Big League Chew. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like, it's like chewing tobacco. Oh, no, it's just like those candy cigarettes, too, we used to get when we were little. And that was so funny, but, like, pretend to smoke. Oh, candy cigarettes. I guess the good news is, is that Big League Chew is going to probably endure longer than chewing tobacco. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's already, like, there's, Major League Baseball is real negative on it anyway, chewing tobacco yeah, and stuff Yeah, they like that, banned so. it a couple of years ago. So. new players coming in. Yeah, so, I mean, Big League Chew, though. Big League Chew. For, it's going to live forever. Especially totally. grape flavor. Well, that was a fun little uh, podcast we did just now. Um, <laughs> this is the end of it. I'm tired and ready to go to bed. What are we doing next time? Yeah, people have been asking me, what are we doing next time? <laughs> I think we're going to do... Why did you laugh at that? People have been asking you, that's funny. Uh You know, the people I work with. They don't even listen to it. <laughs> yeah, that, there's people listening. Oh, yeah, okay. To those of you who are listening, hello. Hello, so, yeah. You know, watch your... Don't be... You got to keep your... You can get fired from stuff for for to saying stuff now, What are you, you talking know? about? I'm just saying. I'm just a podcaster. Don't that's be a Roseanne. Do. Don't be a James Gunn. Don't, don't go off the handle. Don't tread on me. All right. So we're going to watch next. I think we're going to watch, um, well, it might change. Okay. Let's hear it. What do you got? For Mission me? Impossible or Mission Impossible 2. We're going to try to tie in with the new one that's coming out because oh, I yeah. love this franchise and it started way back in 96. So I think if we watch both, we need to be careful not to record a two hour and 40 minute I think we're going to watch both. I think we need to decide between the two. One, they're both technically in our range of movies that we were going to watch, but... They're very different movies. I, yeah, it would be weird to talk about both of them because they're so different. And they're and by the way, very different than what the franchise has become as well. Um, mm. I think it'd be an interesting talk through. But we just have to decide which ones we. we okay, watch. so next time we're gonna review a Mission Impossible Mission movie. Impossible I think unless movie. we decide to do something else, in which do case, we own, sorry. Do we own both of those? Yeah. Obviously. That's a yeah. Great franchise. You say that, but all the movies I want to watch, we conveniently don't own. Listen. Listen. Maybe you should invest some of your own money to buy them then. Those are movies that I purchased. Oh, yeah, from the $5 bin in Walmart 10 years ago. I probably bought the Mission Impossible 1 and 2 as like a two-pack in that Walmart bin for maybe, maybe it might have been like 7 bucks. Do they still have that Walmart bin? Yeah, 
And it's like, there's like a Blu-ray bin that's a little bit more, and then there's the DVD bin that's like four or five bucks. But I don't know. It's just, now I'm old. I don't need to be digging through stuff. Like, put it on a shelf so I can see what you got. I don't want to. You're dig definitely through. more of a germaphobe now than you were. Oh, I'm not gonna ago. touch that. Like, that's gross. Who knows what's been rubbing around in there? Okay. Well, on that note, um, thank you guys for listening. Um, we are whatever you're listening to us on. You can also find us on iTunes and yeah. Stitcher and Google, Google Play. Play. Yeah. So if you want to pop on over to iTunes and give us a positive review, that'd be great. Not a negative. If you one, have a negative be, review, you could just shoot me an email. I'm sure I have my email address we'll on listen. our website. Hey. Hey, we'll listen to your suggestions. I'm totally. not saying we won't take criticism, but just, like, don't hurt the podcast. Like, tell us, you know, send an email or whatever. That's, That's right. You can find more info about us and articles and what's coming up next and previous podcasts on oldmillennialsremember.com. Look at us. This is like, that's a, that was almost like a regular uh, professional pitch we get some Thank opening you. intro music we got this thing like a real podcast you betcha also feel free to follow us on facebook and twitter and We're soon to be instagram okay yeah to be clear if you're gonna follow us on those things like angela will probably look at it i'm not really on those things Oh, he's so t- this is where the old millennials part just, comes in. I'm not, I'm not, Which I'm not is harping on it. I'm just you, saying I'm not on it very much. You are worse on social media than I am, and I'm actually a little bit older than you, so it's a little bit backwards. You should be a little bit better because you're younger. I'm not harping on okay. it. I'm just not very good with it. True story. I have a friend at work who I'm getting to be pretty good friends with and on Facebook, and I have my settings so locked down that you can't friend me unless you're a friend of a friend. So it took us 15 minutes to figure out how we could friend each other. It was so sad. And both of us were like, and we're old millennials. So if you're an old millennial and you're enjoying this podcast, continue to listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will talk at you next time. Bye. Goodbye.